Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, Canadian Poultry, Drainage Contractor, and The Trough Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Bayer believes in recognizing and promoting women across every facet of Canadian agriculture. Whether it's supporting the next generation of female farmers or lending space on our website to help female-led businesses build their brands and products, Bayer believes in continuing to farm for change and for a better future with women in agriculture. And, of course, Bayer is very proud to support influential women in Canadian agriculture. Hi, my name is Derek Cluche, and I'm the editor of Top Crop Manager West and Potatoes in Canada. And today on the podcast, we are joined by Anna Badia, who was named one of our 2023 Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture. Anna is a research scientist for barley breeding and genetics with the AAFC. Welcome to the podcast, Anna, and congratulations. Thank you very much, Derek. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, first of all, thank you to the committee for uh, selecting me and to the people that took the time to nominate me. Um, It is a very great honor. Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's kick things off just by you telling us a little bit about your current role and your background in agriculture, where you got started and how you got started in the industry that you're in. As you said, I'm a barley breeder based in uh, Brandon, Manitoba, working for Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, also known as AFC. However, I was uh, working with the AFC since 2004. I joined as a postdoctoral fellow, and after that, I continued as a research assistant. That was in Ledbridge, Alberta. In 2012, I moved to Brandon uh, as the barley breeder for the six-row and Hallows barley breeding program. And starting with 2017, I'm leading the two-row malting barley breeding program. Currently, we have two-row malting food and feed barley classes that I'm looking after. And my role is to develop barley cultivars for uh, Western Canada. Another aspect of my role is, I I like to say, helping uh, to cultivate the next generation. What do I mean by that? I am involved in training high school students, undergraduates, as well as graduate students. I think it's very important to help build a solid skilled workforce and to to pass on to the patient, patience and passion for agriculture to the next generation. We have the, each year we have high school and undergraduate students joining our program. They have an opportunity just to shadow, for example, a few days or to spend the year long as part-time or full-time during summer within our uh, program uh, doing their internship. However, besides that, I'm also involved in training graduate students as a co-supervisor or um, as a member of their committee. Anytime I have an opportunity and I'm invited by uh, universities, either nationally or internationally, to talk about breeding 
in general or barley breeding or genetics, I take upon these opportunities as well as uh, there are opportunities, for example, for uh, being a judge, either at science fair or even at conferences and um, symposia for uh, the students' uh, presentations, either oral presentation or posters. I love being involved in training the students. I think it's, it's very, very important and uh, education is key. I'm not talking here about only education in, in one aspect. Uh, I'm talking education in general, because within our program, for example, we give an opportunity to learn. For some of students, those that join us in high school, is the first time, is their first job. So everything that is related to work, work ethic, and all the skills that are required, it is, I hope, and uh, that we are able to also instill on them the patience and passion for conducting research and uh, taking the time to see things grow because agriculture is also something that takes time. Also to, to equip them with a reliable compass or like these days I say with a reliable GPS system to help them navigate an increasingly complex uh, workforce world. It's not easy out there. So I hope we could help them with that. Besides these uh, roles, I'm also trying to bring my contribution by participating in various committees, either national or international, for example, like the Prairie Grain Development Committee or the International um, Barley Consortium. I also love to participate in the field days. Each summer, I look forward to those events. I think about them as a reality check. Um, that's the time when I meet with the farmers, growers, producers, and users, and I get direct feedback on our barley uh, cultivars, our varieties. And also, I, I think this is a, is a, it's very important, this bi-directional uh, discussion, because on one hand, I'm able to talk to them about the new varieties, to explain the, the traits they carry, and uh, that I feel that helps them to better capitalize on them. And on my or at my end and the receiving end, it is very important because all the feedback that I receive from them helps me set up the next uh, uh, breeding goals and also to see what is needed down the road uh, in terms of new cultivars. As for where everything started, I think to me, it is since I was very young, that was very young. I, I need to be connected to the land. I need to be in nature. I I love, I I used to love run bare feet. <laughs> so <laughs> in the grass in the morning, just to wake up and go as a child. So that was, I was mesmerized by the dew on the, on the leaves and the, being, being just there in nature. So when I had to choose what to do, it was no no question. So the 
enrolling into the University of Agriculture Science, that, that was it for me. I was fortunate enough to be invited to join after I, I, I started the, the university, I was invited to join the uh, reading and genetics club at the university, which that was the opening for me for everything that means science, genetics, and breeding. There I conducted my first scientific experiments participated in many scientific debates, either within the university or uh, with other colleagues from other universities. And I was able to present the results of my research at various symposia or conferences organized for students, the real conferences, which was amazing. And this is why I think is very important to start as early as possible. And this is why I'm so happy that uh, to have students, high school students, starting with high school students, we do not wait till university. And I'm glad that our uh, AFC institution offered that possibility because it is important to start early. Coming back to me, I think there was, I got hooked up <laughs> with the breeding and, uh, and genetics bug. This is a field um, that is constantly evolving. It doesn't let you to become flat. You have to be on your toes and to learn all the time so you could uh, be up to date. I tell them that uh, this is a career that uh, is going to be meaningful and fulfilling and also that will allow me to bring my contribution to the society, even small as it is, but for me, that was something very important and is still very important. So I could, as an individual, I could contribute. Well, that's wonderful, Anna. And judging by your by your answer there, talking about your passion for helping students, I think I have an idea on what your answer is going to be to the next question. So what is the thing that you like best about being a research scientist? Yes. So just let me go a little bit back to give a little bit of background. Before I answer, developing new plant cultivars reveals the powers of genetic at work. You know, you might remember the experiment, the classical experiment with the peas that I was given, and you could see them. It's amazing. So that is something that uh, I find very interesting and always excites me, still excites me. However, breeding requires, among other things, patience. Um, is a long-term effort. It takes about 10 to 12 years to develop uh, a barley cultivar. So as a breeder, I would say there is nothing more rewarding than seeing partners adopting newly developed cultivars to see them, how they bring benefits to their farm and to the value chain as a whole. It is a feeling that I cannot describe it. I don't know. I don't have the words. It's just like, imagine to, to sit in, a, I mentioned to you earlier about being in Alberta, and I was there immersed in a field of barley. It was like an ocean. You look all around, and all you could see is that golden barley that is undulating under the wind or when you go harvesting and you see those plump barley grains coming through in the grain truck tank of the combine, 
is accelerating is I, I don't know how to describe we, I, we were able to I was fortunate enough for the past few years to be part of a uh, project was an on-farm project so very different from our usual like when we have small plots or the, everything is in the lab this was farm scale and our farmers across Manitoba they were they had the opportunity to grow for the first time some of our new barley varieties as well as of, from other breeding programs. So I was able to participate at harvesting. It, it was amazing. These are moments for a breeder that make all the work worthwhile. And like you said, for as a scientist, as a mentor. I would say there is nothing more than seeing the students succeed and to see them achieving their goal and be their best version of themselves. And I cannot be more happy that I'm able to be part of their journey. It's a big responsibility, but it's also very fulfilling. For sure. And I know what you mean about those fields of barley. When I look at them out here and it's windy, it almost looks like it's an ocean of barley, the way they wave in the wind. It's amazing. And it is very, very breathtaking. So what is the biggest risk that you think you have taken either in your life or in your professional career? I'm not sure if I have a, if I have a good example of a big risk that I've taken, but as you know, working in agriculture, as well as a research uh, scientist working in breeding in particular, risk is part of our professional lives. We take risk all the time. However, it's a calculated risk. Uh, we always look what is the damage and what is what we get in exchange. So it's a, it's a very good balance. We, we balance that very well. We always have several plants, A, B, C, and sometimes even D, because working against the elements is not easy. As you know, they could be your best friend and the very next minute, uh, your worst enemy. Um, I'm thinking here about heat, drought, excess moisture, hail. Uh, they could all take place sometimes without much warning and sometimes in the same year. And as we've seen in the past few years, very wet spring, very dry summer. So there is not a lot, unfortunately, that we could do to protect our material once it is, is in the field. Losing uh, breeding material because of this could have negative impact, could set back the uh, program. So... For us, each year when we have to put the limited amount of seed that we might have at certain stage and a certain generation for our material in the ground is a risk. And we have to do that each year. You could understand that it adds pressure, but I also think it also brings great satisfaction. Uh, we don't count years, we count crop seasons. So once all the material is in harvested and safe in our warehouse, we are very happy. So I say that that those are the risks that we, we deal with on a regular basis. 
I can certainly attest to having a backup plan is a good idea. So can you tell me about any particular challenge that you faced and what you might have learned from that challenge? Dealing with the climate is one of our biggest challenge, and that is for any farmer, any growers, that is agriculture. So I don't think it's a secret. I will think for myself, but also for my team, one of the biggest hurdles or challenge was not one, two rounds of flooding of the Assiniboine River in the same year. It was 2014, and I was just two years or two seasons into leading the six-row breeding party uh, program. So why was that uh, so difficult for us? Uh, we received the warnings about the first wave of flooding early in spring, and all of we made right away different plans. We find different locations, so we deal that we ship quickly. I'm talking about thousands of plots that need to be relocated. So we did all that. Uh, we, we had our grain safely in the ground. We were happy. Few weeks later, a second wave came. It was the hardest things to see. Anyway, I'm a positive person. And I like to see the highlights and anything, like you said, it, it, there is a learning lesson. So I feel, strongly believe, actually, that that was the best team building exercise that our team undergone. It pushed us closer. Like I said, for me, it was just two years in the program, still, still new here. It brings us closer. It pushes us to find, to think, to see, to find different ways to protect the program. Also, it reminded me, it was something that I always knew. I knew that breeding cannot be done in silo. I knew that a breeder cannot operate in vacuum. However, it was a very good reminder that there is a team a network and the barley community that we could rely on. So that was very good. It is quite often when only the breeder takes the, the praise for a cultivar. However, I want to say that there is a whole team behind. There is, the in our case, the AFC and non-AFC uh, researchers, uh, pathologists, uh, colleague breeders, as well as the community. Uh, and sometimes their effort goes unnoticed, but I believe only as a whole, us as a whole, that is what it takes to breed those barley, world-class varieties, barley varieties that we are doing. So very good reminders and very good lessons, but definitely heartbroken event. Speaking of highlights, can you pinpoint a significant accomplishment or a defining moment that may have been a turning point in your career? For a defining moment, for me, it was when I was entrusted uh, with the leadership of the Western Furrow Marketing Barley Program. That was in 2017. 
This is AFC's flagship barley program. This was and still is a big responsibility for myself as well as for the uh, our breeding team here. Uh, Western Canada is where the majority of barley is grown, about 95%, with only 5% being grown in Eastern Canada. And also because we have to protect the reputation that Canada has globally as being the fourth largest producer of barley and the second largest exporter of malt barley. That was a turning point in my career, uh, as it also overlapped with reshaping the breeding program, so uh, reducing the number of classes, being more focused, uh, shaping new breeding uh, goals, contributing to the designing of and building of a new facility. We also moved in 2018 to the so-called new barley. We still call it calling the new barley building and also reshaping the team. So I would say that definitely for me was a very important time point. As for, I don't know, I, I don't think about them necessarily as accomplishments, but I would say milestones in my career as a mentor, like I mentioned earlier, I think for me was when the first graduate student uh, apply for a job that we trained him for and he got the job and is in that is still in that position and is doing great as a scientist I think would be the moment when I was working as part of an international team our research paper was accepted for publication and was published in a very prestigious journal and as I mentioned earlier, as a breeder, when the first barley uh, cultivar was registered, it was licensed and was adopted by the growers and the end users. So those would be highlights that I look up to. That's great. Now, everybody gets a little bit of help throughout the course of their career. So can you think of, is, is there any particular piece of advice that you receive that, that kind of stands out? And what advice would you give to some of your students or some of the younger people that are thinking to pursue a career in agriculture? I was very fortunate to have through my life and still uh, in my career to have mentors and very good supervisors that took the time to look after me and to teach me, mentor and coach me. There will be a few things um, that I could mention. However, I, I'm thinking right now about something that, while it's not professional related, it's still very relevant. It's something that my uh, grandfather from my mom's side told me. I was very, very young and it was a, a day of harvesting and we were coming back from the field and I was very impatient to get home. I was hungry I was, and it was late and I wanted us to move faster and um, uh, that was not really possible as the, the cows were slow carrying the load. And my grandfather turned to me and he said, always respect the 
land and the animals in your farm. They are the ones feeding you. So that's start with me. And I think these days uh, it's even more important or maybe we talk even more about being respectful and the fact that the land is not ours, but it's something borrowed from the next generation and we have to be mindful and look after it. So I think that is a good advice, general advice, not only for us in agriculture, but for everyone. What I would, would like to say, uh, probably to the next generation, probably I would just want to remind them that agriculture is offers, it's so versatile and offers so much diverse and complex array of choices. I think it's very important that once they found that thing that uplifts their heart, something that makes them happy, to stick with that and to define very well their goals and keep working hard until they will succeed. Nothing come easy and yes, we have to sweat to get things done. However, I strongly believe that all this is worth it given that agriculture give us the opportunity to make a difference. I will leave it at that. That's a great piece of advice from your grandfather. And in the few minutes that we have left here, I just want to ask you, what do you see changing in the agriculture sector in the next five to 10 years, particularly maybe when it comes to women in agriculture? I feel that Canada is already experiencing a shift towards a more progressive and, if I could say, even more sustainable form of agriculture where both women and men have a say. I, I truly believe this, and there is such a big difference from 20 years ago to say. I think the next years will continue to be very transformative and new products, tools, and technology will be embraced as a faster pace than previously. And I think women will be even more involved. I participated few months ago in a protein conference and it was so exciting to see more and more women being involved in that sector, for example. So I see that that coming. I think we are living very exciting times and I think this that will be the time also when the seeds <laughs> that we planted in the young generations of women and men in agriculture will bring truth. I believe that the young generation have their own unique voice and perspective. And I also believe that so many times as I learned from my students, they have the power to generate new ideas though that will go beyond the classic way of doing things. So completely different. That so much applies to thinking outside of the box. So they amuse me. So I think we are in very good hands and all those will be very exciting times. Lots well, of great metaphor for the next generation coming up into the agriculture sector. Thank you very much, Anna, for taking the time to chat with us today. And uh, congratulations again on being an IWCA recipient this year. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast brought to you by the agricultural brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts, or visit agannex.com to catch up on all our other episodes.